You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you're smiling. Hey you, bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly, crack a smile. This episode is brought to you by Google. Google's two-step verification was built to secure your account and help prevent cyber attacks, even if your password is compromised. That's why Google has made it easy to sign into your account with this additional layer of protection. Just one tap and you're in. Learn more at safety.google. Hey, Rick. Hello, hello. What's going on, John? Yeah, nothing much. How you doing? I'm doing quite well. How are you? I'm doing good. All right. So, hello, movie lovers. Welcome to the Best Damn Movie Related Show here on the internet. This show is always Movie Lovers Tonight, John DiGorio, and this is Rick from The Joker Unleashed. And we're back again to talk about some of the movies, that from some of our favorite movies from the decade that came out. So... Going ahead. Let's go ahead and talk about some of our list. All right. I mean, it's uh, it's been quite a decade, ten years, if I'm cor- <laughs> if I'm correct, yeah, on a lot it. of movies in ten years, man. God. Uh, I tried to narrow it down to uh, as few as I could with like categories and stuff. So. Uh, right. Mine is a mixture of every, just about everything. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, lots to think about. Uh. I mean, especially this is a huge decade for comic book movies. I think that's like one of the biggest things that came out in this last decade is is comic book movies exploded. Right. Back with the very first Avengers movie as well. I think, wasn't the first Iron Man in 2010? I think it was. Let's see. I think it was in 08. 08? Okay. So, uh, yeah, and then, okay, yeah. Yeah, that was in 08. Yeah, it was. Um, Iron Man 2 was in 2010. And, yeah, but uh, that's really kind of when, like, the MCU started was, you know, this whole, uh, this, you know, whole big thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because, you know, Captain America, the first Avenger was 2011, and although that's not one of my favorite of the decade, um, I do love the MCU as a whole, especially the big ones that have uh, the you know the multiple characters in it, like uh, um, <clears throat> the Civil War, Infinity War, you know, Endgame, of course, right? Like Winter Soldier. Um, it's just awesome. It's so cool. I mean, I've been a comic book nerd. 
you know, for most of my life, and I know you have too. Right, uh, exactly. Like, I was made fun of this stuff when I was in elementary school. Like, you're a nerd. You know, like, I was exactly. bull- I was bullied over all this, and now, now it's the cool thing. And I'm like, screw you guys. <laughs> exactly. It's like, we got, we were the ones who were, like, the big sweaty nerds that were sitting down and by ourselves in the cafeteria. Then all of a sudden, years later... It's now the most hip, most cool thing to actually be. Yeah. I'm like, like, what the heck? I took my licks for this, and you guys just <laughs> jump in. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm happy, though. I'm happy that it got to this level, because it introduced people more to comics, which which is a fantastic, uh, you know, entertainment style. And so, and, and the movies this decade have been awesome with getting people into it uh i have a couple on on my list uh with number one probably my favorite movie of the decade is joker um and for obvious reasons i'm a huge joker fan i run the joker unleashed page on facebook um i have joker tattoos (laughs) like i'm a a big big fan of joker i have been since 1992 when I first saw, you know, Batman animated series with Mark Hamill, and that's going way more than a decade. But the fact that they, uh, Joaquin Phoenix is just fantastic, you know, and uh, he, um, we did our whole thing together on the Joker when it first came out. Uh, but that is probably my favorite, my favorite movie of the decade. Um, I actually have my collector's edition uh, blu-ray of it coming in the mail tomorrow it's not supposed to get released until the 7th <laughs> but best buy messed up my order so i'm getting it tomorrow before everyone else so i'm pretty stupid really about that. that too i really wanted to get that thing too because it was really sweet looking the way it looked mm-hmm. but, yeah i can't wait but yeah that was definitely one of my favorite movies of 2019 <clears throat> a matter of fact because of how different it was the whole layout that not only that, but it's dealing with mental health, but at the same time, it's actually a comic book-based movie in a house world kind of setting, and we haven't had that in a long time. No, no, I agree. And um, not only that, but it was also the most successful Elseworld movie, besides, aside from The Dark Knight and everything, too. Plus, it's one of the highest, um, one of the most profitable movies ever, uh, and it and it's a movie that depicts mental illness you know in in a way that's very difficult to do uh and usually because you know usually the mentally ill guys just like stereotypically are the bad guys in movies um there are you know ones that are different uh like a beautiful mind and whatnot but you know this is a guy with mental illness who's a bad guy who you empathize with and i just think the way that they that they did it was just fantastic and so that's why no i think it's my favorite movie of the decade a huge joker fan b beautifully done movie i agree hands down like i walked out with my with well i walked in there with not even knowing what i was expecting because don't forget remember i was kind of critical towards the look of the joker yeah a lot of people were and you know, I'm like, you know what? I let it manorate a little bit. I'm like, okay, this is what you're giving me? So that's what I'm going to go in with. And I wound up loving the movie enough to where I saw it again for a second time. Yeah, me too. It's one of the only movies I ever saw in theaters twice. 
I've done it with a lot of movies though, with Deadpool, with others, other movies and stuff like that. No, but this one, me. but this one was the the reason behind me going back to see it again was because of the fact I wanted to understand the whole meaning behind the ending. Yeah. Rather than just my own interpretation, I wanted to go into the whole entire meat and potatoes of why this movie is so good, and also too, what was up, what was going on with the whole ending itself. Yeah, it was definitely a twist uh, about 90% of the way through the movie towards the end when, you know, I don't want to spoil for you who haven't seen it, but, you know, when you, a whole what is and is not going on kind of thing is pretty awesome. Right, and it, it's worth a, you know, a second viewing. Most definitely. <clears throat> um, Let's see. The movie that I want to talk about, too, that's on my list is Mad Max Fury Road. So there's three movies I have seen twice in theaters. Mm-hmm. Joker, uh, Avatar, because the 3D thing was you know, ridiculous at that time. It was like one right. of the first ones. And, I saw that one too twice. <laughs> and Mad Max Fury Road. Because <laughs> uh, I saw it in 2D first, and then I saw it in 3D. Uh, see, I only so, saw that movie once. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw it twice because I saw it with actually... Um, my friends and 2D, and then my and then my parents went to go see it, and I was like, "I'll see that again. Like, I'll go with you if you're buying me the ticket. No way." Uh, but I love, I love that movie. That movie was fantastically well done, action packed. I'm a huge fan of like dystopian apocalypse type stuff. Like uh, we got into a little bit on my on the last podcast we did together. Like I love that genre of like apocalypse type scenarios and movies and video games and i mean mad max is just the personification of that it's one of the most realistic i think yet still totally friggin adrenaline rushed uh movies that that depicts that i agree with you and not only that but i also like the fact too it's been so long since we actually saw a mad max movie mm-hmm. Mel Gibson, and this is just its own story and the fact that you know that they went on ahead and made Mad Max their own entire different entity and everything. It was, that's what I loved about it was it was its own story. It was on a reboot. It wasn't a sequel. This was just another story that they were trying to tell with Mad Max. And Tom Hardy was freaking awesome in it too. He was great Mad Max. He was really great as Mad Max. Not only that, but the stunt work was fantastic. Yeah. And the chemistry between him and uh, I forgot what that actress's name was. But between her and him was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then and then Nux, I freaking love Nux. He's awesome. The you know the shiny and chrome dude. Right. Uh, yeah, that he was hilarious in that movie. That was such an awesome movie. It was so badass. And then not to mention the guitar playing too. Oh, I love the the <laughs> dude strapped up with the guitar and the fire. Like, exactly. That was so awesome. <laughs> That was yeah. like going down to, uh, if you think about it, it was like string, uh, going in the desert with Slipknot. Hell and... yeah. <laughs> and the dude is strapped up to a guitar on a on a car with uh, these big old huge speakers. And I was just laughing my butt off. I'm like, this is like going to a Slipknot concert and Jim Root just playing guitar. It's like combining a friggin' uh, like Rob Zombie concert with Burning Man. Exactly, <laughs> but you know what though that the guitar part also fits in with the score too though. Oh yeah, the soundtrack's awesome. Rock out to that mm-hmm. thing. 
because as they're riding around in the desert and everything, that guitar's playing, but at the same time, you also have other instrumentals going on at the same time. Yeah, I, I absolutely, uh, I absolutely love that movie. I love the sound. I love everything about that movie. Um, so that's definitely that's actually number two on on my little list I made. First was Joker, second was Mad Max. So, uh, going in pretty good order so far. Right. Okay. What's the next one on your list? That was number one on mine. Um, the next one on mine is "They Shall Not Grow Old." Um, I didn't see that one. You did or didn't? I didn't. You so didn't. tell me about that one. All right. Uh, I'm a history teacher. I love history. That's like one of my all-time favorite things to talk about and do, and it's always fascinated me forever. Um, and they not they shall not grow old. It's directed by Peter Jackson, who you know from you know the Lord of the Rings, uh, and he made it was a limited release. It was only in theater, certain theaters for like three days. Um, and he took all 100% original World War One footage, colorized it, put it in HD, and added sound. Oh, wow. And it is phenomenal. I saw it in theaters with my wife, and I'm a huge history buff. Uh, my wife is not. <laughs> she's, she's like, I'll get on, like, she likes it to a point. But I get on like these tangents about it sometimes. Then she's like, "All right, babe, you know that's enough. I don't really need to know more about the War of eighteen twelve." <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you see, um, I'm a huge history buff though too. So, and she walked out of that theater though, being like, "That was amazing." Uh, <laughs> I actually showed it to my class this past uh, uh, this past year because it came out last December or not or 2018 December, uh, and so it came out on DVD like at the end of this last summer in America and I bought it and played, showed it to my students after World War One, and they loved it. Uh, and it's really cool. It's from the perspective of the British, uh, but pretty much they told Peter Jackson, look, we have all this World War One footage. We want you to do something with it that has never been done before. And he was like, all right. And that's what he did. Uh, it's great. It's very well done. I love it. Uh, all the sound is... Uh, um, like the narration is all of World War One survivors uh, telling their story. It's it's fantastic. But so I love that movie. I'm gonna have to check that one out because I actually missed that one. Mm. A lot of people did. A lot of people did. Like I said, it was only I think in my area it was only in one theater close to me for three days, and all the shows were sold out. So like literally, we were walking in the theater into the theater, and the guy was like. Don't leave empty seats because we are sold out. You have to sit next to someone if you have to. <laughs> so that's crazy. Yeah, especially for a, a history type of bio biopic type of movie. Yeah. Uh, so I, if you're a big fan of history, especially World War One, super highly recommend it. Uh, it's awesome. All right. Let's see the next movie that's on my list. Even though it came out in 2006. I have to just talk about it because it's a Martin Scorsese film. Okay. And it's a remake of Internal Infernal Affairs. And that movie is The Departed. Okay. I actually have not seen that movie. Oh, my God. But, but I know about it. <laughs> Let me just tell you this. That movie is just jaw-dropping. Okay. Like you, have, you have Leonardo DiCaprio who is playing an undercover cop who 
ends up having a criminal record because that's actually the background that they actually gave him. And then you also have Jack Nicholson that's in it, and he's actually the Irish mob boss. So it's like almost criminal that I haven't seen that movie because those are two of like my all-time favorite actors. And I have a lot of Leonardo DiCaprio movies on my list for my favorites of the decade. To be honest with you, this is the movie that actually made me change my mind about Leonardo DiCaprio. Because I freaking hated Titanic. I I hated that movie. But with The Departed, though, that made me change my whole entire outlook on him. And then you also have Matt Damon in it, too, who's actually working for the Irish boss of the mob. So you have this cat and mouse game going on where Leonardo DiCaprio is investigating the Irish mob boss, and then you also have Matt Damon who's telling them, hey, look, you have a pill. Someone's tailing you. Then also, too, it also goes into mental health, though, with Leonardo DiCaprio, what undercover cops have to go through as far as working undercover to where he actually has to see a psychiatrist. Wow. That's so, definitely I mean, stressful. It is. And they even get wrapped around into this world where they actually think that they're actually are gangsters. It gets to that point where it's like, okay, I'm no longer a cop now. I'm working as an actual person in the mob. Some cops actually go through that whole entire emotion of ups and downs to where they actually think that they're working for the criminal uh, uh, criminal organization. I've I've seen, I've watched a couple of documentaries and I do remember specifically a case of a guy I think he went undercover with, I'm pretty sure it was the Hells Angels and that happened to him and they were interviewing him and how he like, he's like, he got addicted, addicted to drugs and all this other stuff because he got like so into the uh, Hells Angels lifestyle as an undercover cop. Uh, exactly. but, um, and, no, you go ahead. But even in Donnie, um, Donnie Brasco, Johnny Depp went undercover investigating Al Pacino's character, and he winded up doing like gangster-like things too, struggling with his own emotions of where he needs to be at. You know, yeah. So, there's that struggle right there. So, but that's just an example of what. Leonardo DiCaprio actually had to go through and The Departed. But the soundtrack is fantastic. You have Pink Floyd comfortably numb on the soundtrack. (laughs) You have all this classic rock type feels to it. And the soundtrack is amazing. Jack Nicholson, of course, you can't go wrong with Jack Nicholson. Oh, yeah. But Leonardo DiCaprio changed my whole entire outlook on him on how as an actor. And that's what made me love his acting ability. Yes, me too. Uh, Like I said, I haven't I haven't seen that movie, but I feel like this decade was Leonardo DiCaprio's like time to shine because uh, right. I have I have quite a few of his movies on here, um, including oh. including The Wolf of Wall Street. I love that movie. This That's actually awesome. on my list too. That's actually on my list. Uh, I feel like he got the Academy Award for Best Actor for The Revenant. He definitely yep. deserved an Academy Award for Best Actor sometime during this decade. <laughs> right. And I honestly think it shouldn't have been for The Revenant. I really think it should have been for The Wolf of Wall Street. That's... Especially that, right, especially whenever he ends up down the, that medicine, that, those pills. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep, yep. They're a palsy stage. Like, that, that whole thing, he was just so such a good actor for that movie. Uh, and I really think that he deserved, you know, the Academy Award for that. I'm still happy he got one. And I saw The Revenant, and I thought it was good. 
but I really didn't think it was as good as The Wolf of Wall Street, no. and he didn't get it for that. So I was really yeah. surprised. I think I know why he didn't get it for that. There was like a bunch of Golden Globe nominations, which Golden Globes to me don't really matter to matter to me for anything. The Academy Award is what matters. Yeah. But here's the thing: Jordan Belfort, Belfort was actually trying to sue everybody for making Wolf of Wall Street and for actually uh, making him be be portrayed in that certain way. And he didn't like it. That sounds just like something he would do. (laughs) So it had a lot of controversy surrounding it besides the fact it was like close to a three-hour movie and has the most F-bombs in a a Marshall Stacey movie. So it had that going against it for it not to be part of the Academy Awards. Yeah, I mean, it is definitely a really intense movie. There, I mean, there's a lot of lot of drugs, a lot of cursing, a lot of sex. Uh, well, so, I mean, it's definitely, you know, it deserves that R rating. But, uh, right. And then not only that, but you also have, like, the opening scene is him sniffing uh, cocaine off of a woman's butt. So. <laughs> yeah. A uh, <laughs> lot, lot of stuff going on in that movie. Right. Uh, so, funny story. Uh, it was on, I think, HBO one night. Uh, at my at my stepdad's house, and I just left it on because I love that movie. And my grandma walked into the room during like a scene that she really should not have seen. It was like, "What the hell are you watching?" And my wife's like, "The Wolf of Wall Street." She's like, "Okay," and just walks out of the room. I was cracking up. <laughs> I was dying laughing. But uh, you know what I like about that movie though too is Jonah Hill's part. Jonah Hill did a really good job in that movie. Everyone in that movie did fantastic. Yeah. That, and that's John not Burnham. really a it's not really a Jonah Hill type movie, I feel like. At least not at the time when he was doing it. He's usually, you know, he was usually like the funny guy type thing. And although he's funny in this movie, it's still Dark really humor. yeah, it's a really serious movie at the same time. Right. Uh, and, so, mm. no, but, no. No, I get this though. Jonah Hill also did another serious movie before this one too, which was Moneyball with Brad Pitt. Yes, okay, I remember that movie. And he knocked that part out of the out of the park though. But Wolf of Wall Street is where he really shone. Yeah, I do agree with that. He did fantastic. Um, and I mean, like like I said, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio did a whole lot of movies I'd really love. Uh, Inception, love that yep. movie. That movie is such a mind fuck. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, no, no, you're good. But uh, that, and then he did another really mind altering movie, Shutter Island, that I also yeah, that really love Martin a lot. Movie. Yeah, uh, that's another Martin Scorsese movie. I, I love that movie, Shutter Island. I mean, I love Inception too, but uh, I feel like I like Shutter Island more just because it's like so much darker and more of like a mystery. And when Inception. It's really cool. It's really cool. I really like the whole, you know, process. Dream yeah, I love yeah. that whole, that whole thing. But Shutter Island is just that end, man. Oh, oh, man. Well, <laughs> that you see, last for me, scene. Going ahead. No, it's just, it's just, I that like got me so much. I was stood up. I was like, what? <laughs> well, for me. I love the Inception movie over Shutter Island because here's the thing: when I was when I was sitting next to my my friend at the movie theater watching the trailer, I said, "He's gonna be." I already knew the plot twist. I could tell just by the trailer alone. So whenever I actually saw the movie, I said, "Well, I knew that." 
and it was just I that's why I prefer Inception over that because of the fact that you have Tom Hardy, you also have the dream within the dream concept. You also have jo- Joseph Gordon Lovitz in the movie. Yeah, so, a lot of great people. A lot of great people in that movie. And I love the originality behind Inception that what uh what Christopher Nolan actually did with that movie. Yes. Um that really the whole direction of it where like I like that like each level of dreams has its own almost its own mini movie inside of it because it's a different yeah. it's a different storyline for each level they go into you know there's the car chase one and then there's uh you know the hiding from hiding in the hotel and then there's the snow slope like it's all like its own almost mini movie inside of one movie and you know it's just it was just so so well done i agree <laughs> and uh i got saw and keeping on leo <laughs> la- <laughs> last night i watched once upon a time in hollywood you see, I haven't seen that one. Oh, yet. dude. So because, good. <laughs> let me tell you why I haven't seen it. And it's on my movies to, to watch list now because of the reason why. I didn't want to entertain a serial killer. All right. Even though, and uh, I know that it doesn't have anything actually to do with Charles Manson. It's all about how movies are actually done during that time and that era in Hollywood. Yeah, and it's it's, it's a typical Quentin Tarantino movie, and I love Quentin Tarantino. Uh, he's one of my favorite directors. Uh, I like violence, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's very much along the lines of Inglorious Bastards, which I also love a lot. I um, love that movie. It's it takes hints of truth. It makes a whole ridiculous, not making sense, not historically accurate at all movie out of that history you know it's like in glorious bastards it's all you know killing hitler we all know none of that ever happened and this movie is very much of the same it takes you know the manson family and creates a completely fictional almost like alternate reality version of what happened i don't i don't want to spoil anything for you because you haven't seen it but uh i wish that in real life it had ended this way (laughs) i really do I really am excited about seeing this. I'm actually going to rent it at Redbox. That's what I did. I just returned it today. <laughs> I watched it last <laughs> night. So it's still fresh so, in my mind. I, just, I had to mention it. That's awesome. Uh, um, was there anything else that you wanted to say about it? Mm, no, just like Great Gatsby and Django Unchained were also pretty great with Leo, I thought. Um, I really I liked Great Gatsby. It was one of the only books that I had to read in high school that I actually enjoyed. Uh, my only complaint about it is I used modern music for a movie that takes place in the Roaring Twenties. Again, yeah, again, <laughs> history teacher. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and Jang Wen Chain Leo was just awesome bad guy. And I enjoyed that. And again, Quentin Tarantino movie. Big Quentin Tarantino fan. So, so I like that. Let's see. For me, I, I'm going to go with another movie, but it's going to be a Ben Affleck movie. And that's the movie The Accountant. Okay. I did not see that. I want to. It's on my list. But I have seen quite a few other Ben Affleck movies that have made it to my list. But I'll tell you why I like The Accountant, though. Yes. It's dealing with autism. Uh, and get this. You actually have John Bernthal in it, who plays the Punisher, who plays... The account, um, Ben Affleck's brother in the movie too. 
But, okay. But what the cool thing is, what I liked about it was they touched on auti- people that are aut- autistic. And Ben Affleck's character, who's an accountant, who's also and a hired gun, is has autism. He's a he's a hitman, right? Right, right. And that's what makes it. That's actually pretty cool. You know, I never saw that kind of aspect before, where you actually have someone who's an who is autistic, who's good with numbers, but is also a hitman too. So. It works hand in hand with his disability in a certain sense. It's it's on my list, and I really want to see it um, because I like Ben Affleck. It's got it sounds like a really cool concept, but like I teach autistic children, so uh, and like children with autism is something I deal with on almost a daily level, and I kind of don't. One of my things I don't want it to uh, be like too stereotypical. And be like, that's not true, kind of stuff, yeah. you know, because it is a very right. wide spectrum. So I want to see it, but there's part of me that's like, I shouldn't, you know, but I do want to. Right. Uh, but they, there's actually some stuff that's actually fictionalized, of course, and stuff like that. But I know that you deal with children on a day to day basis. So therefore, you're going to be a lot more of like, I don't know if I want to watch this. I don't know if this is actually going to be a movie that's for me. Yeah. I just. I get that way with uh, a lot of, like, based on true story movies. I really want to see it, but at the end of every time I watch one, I research the crap out of it to know the true story because I know I that it's true. not going to be like that. Uh, I do that with Pan and Game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, that's one of the reasons why I like Quentin Tarantino fiction, you know, history movies because it's so totally friggin' ridiculous that you know it's not true. Right. <laughs> no point in researching it. Let's see here. Another Ben Affleck one I have. This is what made me change my mind about Ben Affleck. Was Argo. Yes. That is on my list as well. That is a fantastic movie. And based on a true story. <laughs> right. It was just crazy how how they managed to try to get all those people out of there by acting like they're doing a movie. I love that and... it's a movie about making a fake movie. Right. <laughs> It was brilliant, though. I mean, John Goodman. You have Jake yes. Evans, I think in it. Oh, it was it was it was great. Um, I love that you already know the outcome at the end if you know your history, but it still yeah. kept you on your toes the whole time. It really like, did. That that really got to me of how like all right, I already know how it ends, but it still was so well done. At, like at certain points, I was like, holy crap. What are they going to do? How are they going to get out of this? And right. it was and so well done. Like you said, it, there's that suspense element in there. And what they made really, really on the edge of my seat was when they're going into the airport with all these people. And they're finally sitting on the airplane. I'm like, oh, my God, please tell me that everything's going to be okay. Even though I know what was going to everything's fine. But... It's just seeing it. There's a difference between reading it and actually seeing it. Yeah. And you're on the edge of your seat the whole entire time. That was very well done. Very well done. He did a lot of really good suspense thriller type movies this decade. Like two two of the other ones by him uh, or with him in it that are on my list are Prisoners and Gone Girl. Gone Girl is actually on my list. That was... Oh, that like halfway through moment when, when you find out who's really behind everything. Ah, oh, I was not expecting that at all. 
I was not expecting that. Right? And that movie is like a horror movie if you think about it for guys. <laughs> Pretty much. If you think about it, it's 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 a horrified movie because you have this woman who's trying to pin all this on on Ben and Ben and get this, they're both screwed up people. Oh yeah, there, definitely. There's I mean, no one that's to really root for because they're both evil and sadistic people. I mean she's a kind of a different level of cray. But, right. but, uh, but both of them are not good people. Both of them are pretty no. bad people. Um, but it was just a roller coaster ride through the whole thing. I... It definitely was. But another thing too was I loved how they have the actor from uh, Medea in that movie and goes, "You guys are both fucked up." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was my favorite line in that whole entire movie. Was that it was a perfect time to drop an F bomb. And um, they did it so well. Did you see Prisoners? No, also? I haven't seen that one. Oh, that is... Uh, so, the the premise of it... Um, actually, no. Uh, why, did, why did I think... So, Hugh Jackman is actually in Prisoners. I'm sorry, not, uh, not Ben Affleck. Hugh Jackman okay. is in Prisoners. I think you're thinking of that Netflix show that Ben Affleck was in. Mm, not sure. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why I mixed them up, but uh, okay. Prisoners is definitely Hugh Jackman, and but he that movie is a uh, not a really good like kind of suspense thriller uh, about. So Hugh Jackman plays a father, and uh, his daughter gets kidnapped, like just disappears, and it's what he goes through to try and find her. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is in it. And he is he's awesome. He plays a detective and I, I love Jake Dylan Hall. Uh and the whole movie, it's really, really fucked up. <laughs> it's a really dark movie of like what what he does to try and get to what happens, which includes performing his own kidnapping that involves a lot of torture. Uh and it's it's really good, really well done in my opinion. Um definitely a good suspense thriller uh borderlines on like what it's kind of makes you think like what would you do in that situation and like how far would you go right and like is he taking it too far because he he definitely goes pretty out there to try and find out some answers i'm gonna have to check that one out like i said that one was under my radar and i and like i didn't think hugh jackman would uh I mean, we all know he's serious in, in, like, the Wolverine movies, but this isn't really an action movie. It's more, like, he is, it's a very emotional movie, and he, he's great with it. Like, I really uh, didn't think he would be as good as he was, uh, and just blows you out of the water with how, uh, like, real almost his emotions are. I meant to check that one out, too. Yeah, it's very, very well done. Like I said, you you made me realize I missed out on a couple of movies that I didn't think that uh, that was actually <laughs> possible. Um, another thing I want to talk about is a movie called Hell or High Water. Uh, I actually haven't even heard of that one. To be honest this, with you. <clears throat> this was actually a pretty good movie. It was about these brothers, and he's trying to make a better life. Uh, and basically, one of the brothers is trying to make a better life for his son. His brother is an ex-convict with a short temper and loses trigger. He has a trigger finger. Together, they plan a series of hikes against the bank that's about to foreclose on their family's ranch. 
Okay. So, so basically, they're robbing a bank to save their farm. Now, is this like set in like modern times or like a Western kind of like? It has a Western type of vibe to it, but it's set up in modern modern times though. Okay. All right. Cool. And I'll tell you about the cast too. It's got Chris Pine in it. Oh, I like him. It's got <laughs> Jeff Bridges in it. Okay. And Ben Foster. You have my interest. <laughs> and what I also like about this thing was the fact that when Jeff Bridges and his partner goes into this restaurant, and you know how you have like a typical waitress in a scene and they don't really feel like they're real? It's like, okay, I'm here to take your order, blah, 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 and they move on. Right. And this one, you can actually relate to the waitress. She actually feels like a real person rather than just a one-line one line waitress because of the way they actually uh, gave her a couple of more things to do in the movie. Okay. So she she's, was actually a good standout as far as someone that actually has a short part in that movie. All right. I got to check that one out. And it's really good. And it was actually nominated for an Academy Award. Yeah, it sounds interesting. So, there's that. Um, another one that's on my list is Crazy Stupid Love. I also did not see that. Okay. <laughs> this is also why I like doing these books, this, this list. Because I like introducing people to new movies. That's yeah. Definitely. This, this is actually a rom-com. And okay, it, it honestly... It sounds like the title of a rom-com. <laughs> right. It's actually a rom-com, but it's got Steve Carell in it, Ryan Gosling, and basically you have Steve Carell's wife who t- tells him straight up while they're in the car after they get done with their date that she doesn't love him anymore. Ooh. So he practically throws himself out of the door while the car is moving. Oh, boy. And, yeah. So... Anyways, he meets Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling is this big playboy, player-type guy. And he's teaching him how to pick up on girls at a bar. And he picks on him about wearing uh, New Balance shoes. He goes, what do you... He goes, what the hell? You, you work for Apple now? <laughs> he goes, no, these are comfortable shoes. No, no, we're not going to have this. So he has him dressing up in suits and stuff like that and trying to find his own way again. All and right, then they, and then they wind up having a bond of friendship. But let me tell you something else that's funny. Well, Emma Stone's in this movie too, which is also another reason why I like this movie. But what I, what I find that's funny is he picks up this one woman at the bar, and he has a meeting with the teacher uh, with the teacher the next day for his uh, for a parent teacher conference. Well, he's <laughs> with this uh, teacher's uh, with his kids. Uh, teacher. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and she's actually a recovering... Hold on, it gets better. She's actually a recovering alcoholic. Oh, no. <laughs> that has and, disaster and all over it. Yeah, so that actually made me laugh. So, if you're into, like, I, know, I don't know if you're into rom-coms or anything like that, but that was actually one of those movies that actually made me laugh. This sounds good. I, I like Steve Carell. I like Ryan Gosling. So, um... I'll probably check that out. Uh, rom-coms are hit or miss for me. But, Same. But it does sound pretty funny. And I mean, if it's on your list, then it's, it's got to be good. So, yeah, I think I'll try and check that one out. All right. 
All right, what's on your your list? I talked about two movies on mine. Which what, what do you have on yours? Um, let's get back to the whole comic book thing. A movie that I have watched over a dozen times lately, mostly not by my own choice because my daughter also really loves it, which is how I know it's a good movie, is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. That movie was fantastic. That movie is awesome and like uh just I won the Academy for Best Animated Film. And it's true. <laughs> and it really 100% true. deserved it. The, the art style and the animation and the soundtrack, all of that, uh, it, it was just so well done. I love the storyline. Um, and my daughter, she's two, and she wants to watch that movie. She will be like, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> and, and I'll be like, all right, I'll put it on because it's on Netflix. I can just put it on whenever right. I want. And actually, I actually bought it before it was on Netflix also. <laughs> so now I also see, I own it too. Okay. You see how I watched it was on Netflix. Uh, and it's great. It really is. And like you mentioned before with the soundtrack, every song is actually fitting within that movie universe. Definitely. Because, sometimes, because some soundtracks, they put something together and it just doesn't, doesn't go or flow well with the film. With that, it actually feels like a Spider-Man type movie. It actually feels like you're engaging in Miles Morales for the very first time with the music soundtrack that they actually um, that they actually did. I downloaded the soundtrack from that movie because I liked it so much. And like that is not my style of music. I listen to heavy Dang. metal. <laughs> and, well, that's not my style either. But and I loved it, though. The songs they picked were so good. Uh, it was just such a well-done movie. I really love it. And I think one of the things that speaks volumes about it is that I watched that movie probably at least once a week, and I still enjoy watching that movie. Uh, and that's difficult, because I've also watched, you know, friggin' Sesame Street <laughs> just as many times and I'm like ready to blow my brains out every time my daughter mentions Elmo and I'm like no please I don't want to watch Elmo again and she's like, Sp-. and she's like yeah. Spider-Man and I'm like yes we will watch Spider-Man <laughs> that's great uh, but another thing too like when I watched the trailer for the Into the Spider-Verse I was taken back a little bit because of the animation style but the more I kept on watching the trailers the more that I kept on uh, looking at stuff, I'm like, okay, I'm actually excited about wanting to check this out now. I think it was fantastic. The animation Fun. style, I like how they use different animation styles in the same movie, also. Like, Peter Porker is a completely different animation style from right. Spider Man Noir. Uh, and I love that aspect, though. It yeah, shows you how they actually separate great. universes. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's actually, it's, oh man, I love Peter Porker so much. He's so funny. <laughs> He was my. That was actually my favorite one. Do animals talk in this dimension? Because I don't want to freak them out. <laughs> but uh, oh yeah, I love that movie. So so well done. And like besides even the animation, the soundtrack, the storyline itself is just awesome. It's like really shows like the struggle that Miles is going through, uh, backed up by you know achievement and all that, and trying to make create that family. Uh, this is it's fantastic. It really was. Um, let's see here. Another thing I have on my list is uh, Whiplash with Miles Teller in it. Mm, don't know it. <laughs> okay. It's actually a small independent film that came out a couple of years ago. And it actually won Best Picture. 
And I'm going to be honest with you. This movie was really good. It has J.K. Simmons in it, who plays like the jazz band director. And he comes up as like really a snarky asshole. <laughs> like if one person messes up, they're automatically out of the band, but he also discriminates against them and everything else and puts them down. Oof. And he puts Miles Morales, oh, not Miles Morales. <laughs> he puts Miles <laughs> That would be an awesome idea. But he puts Miles Teller through so much hell. And there's one quote that I actually loved in the movie where he goes, you did a good job. He goes, thank you. He goes, that's not a compliment. Oof. He goes, what? He goes, wouldn't it be better if I said you did a great job versus that you did something that was actually just a good job? Ooh, ouch. Yeah, I actually like that because it actually pushes him to his limit to where he wants to be like this. He, the whole entire goal for his for that character for him is actually to be one of the best jazz drummers that he can actually be. Okay. And that's what's, what Flash is about. And he put get this. He actually was running late to his to the jazz gig and everything. Gets into a car accident. He goes on ahead, gets on stage while he's bleeding, and tries to play the drums. That's badass. Yeah, that's but dedication JK, right there. Yeah, but J.K. Simmons, he didn't see it that way. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, so it's like a back and forth thing where, you know, Miles is uh, trying to go through just about any obstacle he can go through to try and believe, to push himself. And that's what I liked about it was the fact that it shows a lot of heart in this movie to where he wants to go against all odds to become the best jazz drummer that he can actually be. Sounds cool. I mean, jazz isn't really my style of music. Mine either, but what made me want to watch it is because of the fact that I like Miles uh, Teller in certain movies. And I like J.K. Simmons. So it made me curious about what they were going to do with it. Alright. Sounds cool. So, uh, what's on your your uh, list, Nick? Um, The Martian. Oh, that movie was good. That movie was that movie was fantastic, in my opinion. I absolutely what? love that movie. Um, and my wife really loved it, too. She loved it so much that uh, I got her the book because she wanted it so bad uh to and uh, and like in the book is well the thing i i think i like the most about it is that they really tried to keep it practical like it's not so outlandish that it's impossible for him like he does like impossible things that you're like all right whatever this is science fiction totally they really tried to keep it in the realm of possibilities Granted, yes, it is far-reaching. I mean, it is a movie that takes place on Mars. Uh, but it was funny. It was emotional. It uh, had a lot of you know suspense of, like, what's going to happen? How is he going to get through this? <laughs> and uh, I, I just love it. I love that movie. Um, I think did a fantastic job in it. Uh, you know, playing Captain Blonde Beard. Right. <laughs> I agree. And that's actually one of the fun things about that movie was the fact that you're wondering how is he going to come back and everything? How is he going to get back to Earth? And how is he going to get back home? Yeah. And then also, too, him growing potatoes on Mars. Yeah. 
<laughs> that was another thing that was funny. And then him blowing himself up. <laughs> I, I love the monologues he does on, like, the on the video cameras. Yeah, the vlog. And he's, yeah. like, talking to himself, and he's just, like, like you know, I crushed up a pain pill, and I'm going to eat it. Nobody can tell me not to. <laughs> <laughs> and then he digs through people's stuff, too. He's, like, let's see what we got here. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's great. And, um... And also, I really liked uh, Jeff Daniels in that movie, too. It was fantastic. He was, he, he was st- stellar in that one. Yeah, he was great. Um, like, <laughs> I, I love uh, when they're having the meeting, and they're talking, and they make a Lord of the Rings reference, and it's like, because uh, Sean Bean is there. Right. <laughs> I'm just like, I love this. I love this movie so much. <laughs> right? And it's... That's actually the only movie that Sean Bean actually lives. I know, right? Uh, but fun fact about the movie, real quick. Uh, I I don't want to spoil it, but at the end, it ends in a certain way. In the book, at the end, uh, he says, "If this were a movie, this is how it would end." And in the movie, that's how it ends. Like it's like a really cheesy. Because I, I don't want to spoil it. I wish I could, because it is you know the the right. end end of the movie, but. It, the ending in the book is slightly different from the ending of the movie because the ending of the movie is how he says, if this were a movie, it would be this way. And that's how they make it for the movie, which I absolutely love. I thought that was like a really funny uh, thing that they threw in there. Right. And that's what I liked about the book in a certain sense. I only read like a little bit of the book, but I liked how they actually acknowledged some of the things that they actually did differently with the movie and acknowledge the book as well. So, that's what I liked about that. Yeah. Great, great movie. Loved it. Let's see here. A uh, movie that I have on my list is Baby Driver. I want to see that. That looks awesome. Uh, I haven't gotten around to it yet, but that looks just like a really fun movie. Man, it's a lot of fun. As a matter of fact, I might give you my digital code for that. Yes. So you can watch it. Because, I mean, I never had the most fun watching us chase scene than watching the stuff that happens in Baby Driver. I remember seeing, I remember distinctly seeing the child. I mean, to my wife, like, I want to see that movie. That looks like so much fun. And, but and we, just, we just never got around to it, though. But get this, though. The soundtrack and everything. I know I mentioned soundtracks a lot. But with the soundtrack and everything, it becomes the chase scene. The music becomes the music that he actually listens to in his ears. Actually, it becomes the actual chase scene music. That sounds cool. And, yeah, I know he's like listening to like the headphones or something yeah. through like a lot of the movie. And I remember in the trailer, like the soundtrack looked cool. Uh, I actually downloaded the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard it was great. I, I do. That is a movie that I really want to watch. Uh, that I just had is what you know I haven't gotten around to. Matter of uh, fact, that, matter of fact, the original the, the director who made this movie was actually going to direct the Ant Man movie. That was fantastic. I really like that movie too. I do too. But you can't go wrong with Kevin Spacey in movies, despite what he's done or whatever. Mm. But he is a good actor. He is. You, you got to give that to him, uh, despite all you know what's going on the issue. He's a right. famous actor for a reason. Right, but 
he, he this whole entire John Berthold's even in that movie too for a short time. Yeah, that's that's one I definitely that's been on my list of movies to watch for a while. When it came out, I think it came out like mid two thousand seventeen or something like that. My wife, yeah, my yeah. wife was was very pregnant at the time, so uh, it's just one of those things that kind of was like, yeah, we'll get to it eventually, and just right. never did. <laughs> but yeah, I'll definitely hook you up with that digital code. Yes, nice. Because <laughs> <laughs> I do want you to check that out. Um, what else do you have on your list? Uh, Dunkirk. That movie was good. That, <laughs> that movie was that movie great. Was Another Christopher Nolan coming up on this list again. Uh, you know, um, and of, and also uh, uh, Tom Hardy again. Uh, and that I like. Uh, I like the whole way that it was done as like what's happening at different points during, again, history teacher, really right. big fan of that stuff. Uh, and I like how it went into uh, what's going on at different points during this whole fiasco from different perspectives. And that I really enjoyed that part of the movie of how like it's going on to what's going on with the soldiers to what's going on with the rescue effort to what's going on with the people trying to protect the soldiers and how that how that all came together, all these different people working together uh, without even knowing that they're affecting each other to accomplish one of the things that had a drastic effect on the end of World War II. Because I mean, war could have been over right there. Right. Very. I feel like it's. Uh, I feel like until the movie, it wasn't really a, like discussed as much as it should have been. I've seen it come up in, you know, World War II discussions a bunch of times, but I feel like the movie really helped to put it, like, in the spot. In the perspective. Right. Because here's the thing. Even whenever I was in history class and everything else, we never really touched on Dunkirk at all. It was mentioned, but it wasn't, like, out there, like, what we see with, like, um, with Hitler or any of the other wars that we were fighting during that time of World War II. Yeah, I mean, I think a big part of that is that it's a, sorry, I think a big part of that is that it's like the British, though. It's like a big British and French issue, because we weren't really, we weren't there yet. I mean, we weren't even, like, in Europe yet, as America, so I don't think it really comes up in American history classes because of that a lot, but it is very important. I do too. I do feel like that's very important. And like you mentioned before, I loved how they give you different perspectives from Tom Hardy flying over the war and everything in his aircraft to where you had like the war on the ground. Then you have the war somewhere else. And yeah. I love that aspect to it. And most people didn't like it because of the fact they didn't just focus on one person. I'm like, well, it's war. It's not going to focus on just one person. Hollywood loves to make movies where one person is the hero in a war movie, and that's not how right. it works. Exactly. Except, except for Patton. Patton is the hero in the Patton movie because he's awesome. <laughs> that movie <laughs> but, was um, oh, yeah, It's one of my all-time favorite movies. But, I actually um, watched uh, Saving Private Ryan in World History class. So I'm technically not allowed to show that whole movie because it's not on the curriculum, right. but I do show the D-Day scene in my that class. 
because because I feel like that is a very important scene because it shows really graphically what these soldiers went through, uh, and and it's just a fantastic scene. Another uh, movie that I have on my list is actually the movie Split. Yes. Oh, yes. Awesome. That's on my list too. <laughs> and what I loved about the movie, I'm going to tell you what I liked about it, and you can tell me what you loved about it. But for me, what I liked about it was the fact that the originality behind the whole entire thing, where you have this guy with split personalities. And I'm thinking to myself, well, now this is before I actually knew about the whole entire twist or anything. I'm like, you know what would be cool? If this was actually connected in with uh, Unbreakable. I was like... so happy when that linked up at the end because me and my wife are both huge Unbreakable fans. <laughs> and uh, when that all linked together, I was freaking ecstatic. Both of us were because we saw it in theaters. And we, like, almost jumped out of our seats. We were so happy. Like, yes, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> and then, too, you also have Professor X doing, like, three several different personalities. So, James McAvoy, um, I think he deserved an Oscar for that. I mean, not only did he do, like, a fantastic, you know, a fantastic job in general, but he did a fantastic job of playing multiple people in a really, really convincing way. He really did. Like, Patricia, the 10-year-old. Like, uh, Hedwig, I think is the 10-year-old's the yeah. name. Yeah. Like, he really is acting like a 10-year-old. You know, like that, and like he brings on that whole... <laughs> he did... He, he did the job of... I, th- I think it's, what, 12? Uh, I can't remember... Yes, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think yeah, it's twelve, right? And then the beast is thirteen, but like, uh, um, he did all that, like, like multiple ones. And yes, we don't see all of them, but the ones we do see, he is fantastic, and they are uniquely different. You can tell which one you is in that scene, right? Like, like the like he does such a good job of representing multiple people, including women. Right. There's a dude that playing a, playing a woman. And he does it in in a really great way. Uh, it's not easy to do. No, it's not. And as Viscarius, he's actually convinced that he's yeah. actually Patricia. Yeah, I I love that movie. I thought it was very well done. And that Shyamalan, I he's very hit or miss for me because right. uh, some of his movies are, you know, draw dropping, fantastic, and some of them are just like, eh, you know. I mean, right. We we all remember the happening. <laughs> Nothing happened. Happening. I know. Um, <laughs> but, but like, yeah. Oh, I love that got, movie. To be honest with you, his name. You want to know how bad of a director he was? His name was actually removed from several movies and everything. When Split came out, they put their put his name back up there after he did the visit. <clears throat> uh, I wasn't a huge fan of the visit, to be honest. Me either. But, but and that goes right into his hit or miss stuff. But. uh and Glass was great too. You see, I haven't watched all of Glass yet. I need a watch. Oh, dude, <laughs> get on that! I actually I, so I'm I uh, I don't mean to cut you off, but I got a great. Uh, they made. I went to the mall just a couple of weeks ago, and they had Glass in there, 
for like five bucks for like the Blu-ray. And I was like, no way, this is awesome. I brought it up. They made a mistake. They never took the tag off of it from Black Friday. So I got <laughs> the Blu-ray version of Glass for $5. I was so oh, happy. Man. Yeah, because they like honored the price of the sticker. And they're like, I heard her whisper like, they didn't take this off after Black Friday. I'm like, it's freaking December. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So, but I saw that in theaters too because me and my wife couldn't wait. We liked to split so much, and you know, big Unbreakable fans, right. so we, we had to see it. So see, I well, recommend it. I'm definitely gonna check it out. I saw like half of it on Directv, and then the and I didn't get to see all of it. So, from what I did see, I liked. So that's yeah, good. Very good. What else is on your list? Uh, I got one that I feel like didn't get a whole lot of publicity, and it should have. I don't know if you've seen it, but Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I did see that one. I really enjoyed that movie. My wife really likes it, too. Um, And I really liked it. I feel like it almost got, like, no one ever really talks about it, I feel like. Almost, like, few people that I talked to have seen it. Um. But I thought that movie was freaking awesome. It was. It really was. As a matter of fact, I'd even say this today. It's really underrated. Uh, yeah, totally. I mean, uh, Tom Cruise is freaking awesome in it. Emily Blunt's a badass. Like, uh, and I really, uh, it's almost like like a video game in real life, kind of, with the whole live, die, repeat, which is like, right. you know, it's like themes. Next time Groundhog Day. Yeah, exactly. It's badass Groundhog's Day. <laughs> it's Groundhog's Day with aliens at war. <laughs> what more could you ask for? <laughs> Perfect. Groundhog's but, Day is uh, also like probably one of my top three favorite movies of all time. So, let me tell you something funny. I was seeing this girl back in 2014, and this is actually whenever it came out, and she wanted to treat me to a movie. So I was to be an Edge of Tomorrow. And I'm not the biggest Tom Cruise person. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be him. I'm a big badass. I'm going to go ahead and take down these aliens and everything. Yeah, one-man army. Right, and I'm thinking to myself, this is how it's going to be played out. I'm like, and I said, please don't let this movie suck, because then I have to go on hand and tell her that I didn't like the movie. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, I get in the movie, and Tom Cruise plays plays a wimp. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm sold. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he gets freaking arrested for, like, pretty much trying to commit, like, desertion <laughs> to right. a point. Because, um, because he's like, no, I do not want to fight this war. I'm just here to sell you weapons and everything. I'm not going to fight this war. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Next thing you know, he's out there trying to take down these aliens. And uh, I, th- I just thought it was so cool, so well done. Uh... The whole, how are we supposed to beat an alien force that's so immensely powerful? You know, I just thought it was really cool. It was a really cool concept. It's a movie concept that I feel like uh, hasn't really ever been done before. No, it really hasn't. And did you know that was actually based on a graphic novel? I did know, but I haven't read the graphic novel novel yet. But but I I did know that. Yes, it's on my list as well. My huge, huge, gigantic list of graphic novels that I'm <laughs> want to read. <laughs> but I like how every single time he repeats that same day, he becomes more and more badass. Oh yeah, I love it. I love okay. it. He just like 
I love how by the end of the movie, he pretty much has just like everything muscle memory of what to do. And, was, and then they totally switch on it when he's like, all right, we got one chance. Let's freaking do this shit. And it's just awesome. Right. Awesome movie. Let's see here. On my other part of the list, I have Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes, I like that movie. Um, it's not on my list as one of my favorites, but uh, it is a very, very good movie. I loved how creepy he was and about how he would do anything to try and get a story aired on the news, no matter you, how dirty it was. You know I'm a, I'm a huge Jake Gyllenhaal fan. Same here. Uh, so, and... Um, I didn't see it in theaters. I honestly I haven't seen a lot of movies in theaters this decade, mainly because uh, I got married and had a kid and all this stuff in the last yeah. decade, so it's been busy. But um, I I did see it. I think it was on HBO afterwards, and I really liked it. I thought it was uh, really dark, it which was is good. which is right up Jake Hall's alley. Uh, he can. One thing I like about him is that he can do like a wide array of movies, but he's really good at the dark movies, and uh, and he was fantastic in it. Exactly, and then that opening at the whenever it opens up, and you see whenever he takes that guy's watch at the very beginning, and then mm-hmm. and everything. I'm like, okay, this guy's on a whole new world of creepy. Oh yeah, he's super creepy. It's <laughs> like you don't even want to be near him. That—that's how bad his creepiness actually was. And he's he got those bulging eyes, him. man. He's got like those bulging eyes through a lot of the movie. <laughs> and I've never seen Jake Gyllenhaal on that level of creepiness before, and that's something I really loved. Yeah, he—he uh, he definitely really outdid himself in that. Like, I've been a huge Jake Gyllenhaal fan since uh, Donnie Darko. One of my favorite movies, and I mean, he's pretty creepy in that too. Um, but yeah, Nightcrawler was a whole new level of uh, of bizarre creepiness. I agree. Um, what what else do you have on your list? Uh, let's see. Um, the only Star Wars movie that I actually truly enjoyed this decade, and I say that because I I say that as a huge Star Wars fan. I love Star Wars. I have not seen uh, the newest one. Uh, I'm probably not going to be able to see it in theaters, which kind of stinks because i got to find a babysitter, and so far I've been SOL with that. Uh, but I have seen every other Star Wars movie in theaters except for that, I, that I've been alive for, uh, except for Solo. is the only one I haven't seen in theaters. Same here. Uh, but I have seen it. Um, and I really, really liked Rogue One. I really liked that movie. Um, when Disney took Star Wars and they, uh, I was I was very upset with the Force Awakens. I mean, I might get some flack or not for this, um, but I'm not a big fan of the sequels so far. Uh, I, I want to see uh, the new one, but my expectation level is so low right now on like what I'm going in to see because of the first two. Well, you know, but um, I really, really liked uh, Rogue One because I feel like it went off on a different path. It's not all about the Force and the Jedi versus the Sith or, you know, it's about normal people trying to survive in this war, uh, the rebels against, you know, the Galactic Empire. And it, 
it links up uh, episodes three with episode four. And that end scene with Darth Vader being a complete badass. I just freaking loved it. It just goes AWOL. It was awesome. That was my favorite part in that whole entire movie. Me too. And as you mentioned before, it didn't even, it didn't really actually feel like a Star Wars type movie. It more felt like more like a war type based movie set in space within the Star Wars universe. Yeah. And and I liked that. I enjoyed that. Me too. Um and I I also like that um, you know, in the video games and in the comics and st- and in the books, Darth Vader is like a super freaking awesome dude. I feel like in the movies, uh, episodes like, four four through six, he's not really shown that way. Like, yes, is he is he you know a great bad guy who's awesome at fighting? Yes. However, he's not as so crazy powered as he is in these other stories. And at the end of Rogue One, you get a real glimpse of the, like how badass Darth Vader is and why he's so feared throughout the galaxy. Because he exactly. just rips through an army pretty much like without even blinking. Uh, and the storyline was awesome. The storyline was really cool. That's exactly <clears throat> why I like Darth Vader for that purpose too, is because you can actually feel how fear he is within that whole entire universe whenever you see him force stoke somebody and everything else and Rogue One and everything else I felt like they actually set that up yeah you don't really see him in, in combat much through the other movies you see him you know fighting Luke Skywalker but you don't see him take on squadrons of soldiers really no. um, It's he's kind of more of the one on one sword duel type guy in in the original series and in this one you were like he walks in and he's like I'm going to take all you guys out <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I loved about that I mean because we didn't see that side like you said before we didn't see that side from Darth Vader before yeah and I mean he's like that in the books and in, in the video games and in the comics but not in the movies which is what most people right. see is most people's known from the movies right all right, your turn. Okay, so what I got is the town with Ben Affleck. The town? Yeah. That sounds familiar. It takes place in Boston. And I, actually, I know the movie. <laughs> I know it now. That's all yeah, you have to has, say. <laughs> yeah, it has Jeremy Renner in it. And get this. You want to know how Jeremy Renner actually had to uh, do his Boston accent? He actually spent time with people in jail as inmates to get his Boston accent. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I found that out by listening to Howard Stern one day whenever he was being interviewed. And that's how he got his Boston accent. He's a good actor but, too. I, I really like him. To me, he's the most, he's underrated as, a, as an actor. Yeah, I agree. That That but, is an awesome movie to tell. And I know that's, so you're like, oh, it takes place in Boston. I'm like, I think I know exactly which movie this is. Yeah, it's a crime heist movie. <laughs> yeah, Robin Banks. Yeah, that's an awesome movie. It is really is an awesome movie, and not only that, but I'm also from Boston, so it actually captures why I love this movie so much. Same thing with The Departed. The Departed also takes place in Boston too. So, <laughs> but you're a Boston man through and through. Through and through. Red Sox, Bruins, Patriots, Ah. Celtics. (laughs) I'm from Jersey, so we don't talk like that down here. 
John Six. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> but it's all good. Uh, but the reason why I like this movie, besides the fact that it's in Austin, is because of the fact that you're wondering how are these bank robbers, how are they going to wind up getting caught? Are they going to get caught? Then you also have the woman who winds up falling in love with Ben Affleck's character. And she was, he was actually one of the guys that actually uh, held the gun to her head. Yeah. And then you have the FBI agent that's saying, well, this guy did this or that, and she's not believing in him. And you have all kinds of different aspects of each character on what are, what are they going to do to get this guy? What is What are they going to do to get away from everybody in Boston? Are they going to get away with it? And then they do that one huge big heist in Fenway Park and that was the most brutal scene in a in a movie that I've ever seen in a long time back back in 2010. Yeah, that whole movie was very well done. It was action packed while both also like keeping you on your toes. Uh it was pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. I like that movie. Like I said, always you know, I knew I was like, ah, oh, sounds familiar and as soon as it possible like boom. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, okay, it comes back to me now. Yeah, I remember that movie. Uh, what's on your list on the next one? Um, so I'm a huge horror movie fan. Uh, and this decade, I don't feel like has been great with horror movies. However, uh, I really enjoyed Get Out and Us. So <laughs> I saw Get I saw Get Out. I haven't seen Us yet. So uh, Jordan. Uh, I want to say Peel. I don't yeah. know if I'm pronouncing his name right. Yeah, because I know there's like an extra E at the end. <laughs> but um, so I uh, was kind of I didn't see Get Out in theaters because I was kind of skeptical on it. Um, and I was like, he I don't think he would do well for directing a horror movie just from like his previous works. And so I redboxed it, and I was like, holy crap, this movie is awesome. Like, I really enjoyed it. It kept me on the edge of my seat. Um, I like how you don't really know what's going on, uh, but you do at the same time. Uh, and just all, like, clicks together. And and I, it was dark and pretty messed up. <laughs> I liked it a lot. And you see, I saw that movie in theaters, too. And here's the thing. I wasn't really all that crazy about it. But it did give me the creeps. It did give me goosebumps. It did make me wonder how is this guy going to get out of this situation that he's in and everything as well. And I do have to uh, to admit, as a as a comedian, because that's what he is, yeah. he, he did a really good job of directing and writing it and everything. But I also love the comedic timing with his uh, with the main character's best friend. Yes. I do like the chemistry. <laughs> the TSA. <laughs> I love that line at the end. It's fantastic. Right. I'm TSA. <laughs> um, and then us. I know you said you haven't seen us yet. Um, no. I like us. There's. I will admit, offhand, right, right away, there are plot holes in it that some people have pointed out. Um, but overall, it's another movie that's just like really creepy. Just through the whole thing, you're just creeped out by it and uh and that's what i liked about it because i am a huge psychological horror movie fan i like my favorite movies are the ones that were made 30 40 years ago the stanley kubrick's the shining is probably my favorite 
movie ever made, if not, you know, up there. It is my favorite horror movie. You know, Rosemary's Baby, The Poltergeist, the original, before they had crazy super special effects that and jump scares ruled everything. I liked it back when you were just creeped out through the entire movie. And it wasn't like, whoa, jump scare. Okay, but now I'm fine. You know, and and these movies do that. These movies just have that you feel uneasy throughout the entire time. And I miss that in horror movies because I feel like horror movies today are all about jump, jump scares, scares. Or, jump scares and gore. And, right. and I'm not all into that. I want to go to a horror movie because I want to be scared. Right. And, it's and, <laughs> and I don't, I don't know if you feel the same way I do about gore, but I don't mind gore in a horror movie as long as it serves a purpose. But if it's just there just to have that gore effect and just to be there, it's not for me. Exactly. And I feel like, you know, that's why I've never really been into like slashers and stuff like that. Cause I'm like, it's not scary. It's just, it's jump scares with blood and that's not for me. And I feel like, right. I feel like a lot of horror movies are going more toward in that direction. Um, right. even without being slashers, but I really did enjoy, uh, get out of us because of that creep factor. Are they the greatest horror movies ever made? No. no. Uh, but, I liked the fact that through the whole time I just felt uneasy and that's what got to me. That's what made me like them so much was they're not perfect, but they succeeded in what I wanted them to succeed in. Right. And one, a matter of fact, one of my fans asked me and everything a couple months back and I answered the question on the podcast. They asked me, is Jordan Peele one of the best horror directors? I was like, he only made two films. Yeah, he's not He's he made, not there yet. <laughs> right. I said, he only made one good film, which was uh, good with the audience and critics and everything. And then you have a split between the audi- movie-going audience and the critics with us. So therefore, yeah. he only has one good movie under his belt, and he's producing the new Candyman movie. That's going to interest me, because I remember growing up with Candyman. Me too. And so I'm, I'm pretty interested in how that's going to be. Uh, and another movie, another, um, I, I think it was probably more of a thriller than horror, uh, but The Purge. The Purge? Uh, I... The first Purge. <laughs> Not before this whole crazy, yeah. you know, saga that they started. That's like ridiculous. But The First Purge, I really like for that whole creep factor too. <clears throat> I liked it all, right? I mean, it's not like on my most no. Or whatever, it's, but it, it doesn't. It. it doesn't make my list for a favorite of the decade. I just wanted to to mention it because okay, you know, but uh, I, yeah, I know I need more good horror movies. <laughs> let's see, I, uh, for me, a quiet place is on my list. Ooh, yes, I totally forgot about that movie, and that is a good one. And the reason why it's on my list is because there's not that much dialogue. And to me, you don't have to have dialogue in order for somebody to act. They can act on their emotions and the way they look at somebody. And that's exactly what this movie is. You have these alien-like beings in a apocalyptic-type world, and these people are actually scared to even talk, even to breathe, and everything else. And, they, and on top of that, you have Emily Blunt's character that ha- is pregnant, and they actually thought everything all the way through on how they're going to have the baby in the soundproof box. And then it all happens at the absolute worst moment. <laughs> right. Uh, that is, I I did really like that movie. I totally forgot about it, to be honest. But that is, a as you were saying, with there's not much dialogue, to be able to make a movie that well with there being so such little actual, like, conversation in it, 
just goes to show you how well that movie is. You know, how well that movie was done. It's done through sign language and through body language. Exactly. And and not only is there a you know a a real lacking in you know the sign language in movies, usually there's like one character in some movies who, you know, will be using sign language a little bit and stuff like that. But like this whole movie <clears throat> sorry is uh is based a lot around sign language and trying to stay quiet and stuff and I, and I like that about it. I don't know sign language, I'll admit that. Um but But it makes it real though. Yeah. It actually it makes it real. Not only that, but the actress that is uh playing the deaf character, she's actually deaf in real life. Yeah, I know. That's I loved that. <laughs> I love that they were able to I mean I love that they were able to, to do that, to have it be so authentic is what is what I loved is what I loved about it is how you know it's real for her to the world that they put in a world where you're not hearing what people are saying and stuff like that and how and she was fantastic in that movie um she was great really that whole movie was and it was uh really low budget too yeah it was a low budget film and it made buku money not only that, yeah. but they're even making a sequel. As a matter of fact, I watched the trailer to it. I did a trailer review for it the other day. And I can't wait to actually see this movie when it comes out. I'm so skeptical on sequels. <laughs> I'm so, I am too. I'm always skeptical when they make a sequel to a movie that I love because I'm like, they're going to ruin it. They're going to mess it up. There's very few, very, very few, you know, s- second or third parts of movies that I really enjoy. Right. Uh, what else is on your list? Speaking of sequels that I like, so bringing that full circle, Deadpool and Deadpool 2. Oh, man. I saw both of those movies twice in theaters. <laughs> uh, that I I loved it. Ryan Reynolds is literally Deadpool in real life without powers. Exactly. <laughs> he, was, he was born for that role, and he, it was so freaking funny. Um, and so action packed, and so but this and so just the storyline was awesome. I really enjoyed it. I did not honestly think I was going to like it as much as I did. Uh, well, and especially the second one, I did not because it is a second one, and I was like, you know, it's gonna be okay probably. Right. But I really liked it. I really thought it was well done. It was a good movie, and I I enjoyed it. I walked out of the theater being like, I that was awesome. So I kinda like looped them together as, as one for this, but Yeah, that's fine. I, I really, really enjoyed both of those movies. It, I really thought they were well done. They were funny, uh action packed, emotional at times too. Right. And that's what I liked about it too was the fact that you know, they gave you enough to go on where you can actually feel some type of connection between Ryan Reynolds's character and also the also his girlfriend. Yeah, there's like a true love story there, <laughs> and it came out on Valentine's Day. <laughs> I know that's that's and so they made a whole typical. billboard surrounded <laughs> with making it look like a uh, love story. I love that. Uh, the, also, the advertising for that movie, the marketing was was, was so spot on. It was so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, you can't go wrong with Deadpool 2 either. Like, I was kind of skeptical. I'm like, I don't know if they can actually hit 
again get lucky again with it. And they did a really good job with what they did. Especially since supposedly there was a lot of issues between Ryan Reynolds and the writers and stuff when they right. were making it. Uh, if, if I remember correctly, yeah. how, like they, they weren't really getting along and they weren't really going in directions that each other wanted to. And I was like, oh, great. Like, that's a recipe for disaster, you know. And then the end result was fantastic. They, they really pulled it together into a great movie, I thought. They did a really good job with it, especially um, when you have the stunt work from John Wick that are do- that did the scenes and everything and stuff like that. You can't go wrong with it. Yeah, and I love how they break the fourth wall so often. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of comic book movies, I actually have Aquaman on my list. So Aquaman is the only... DCU movie that I have not seen yet, and I keep kicking myself in the butt for it because I can't find it in Redbox now, and I'm like so PO'd at myself oh, wow. for uh, for letting it go so long because because I want to because I'm a huge huge DC fan, uh, and I'm not one of those old douchey versus Marvel. I love them both, right? Um, but like, and that's just the the only one I haven't seen yet. Uh. I'll admit that I, part of the reason for that was because I was disappointed in what they did with the DC universe. Right, um, I can understand that. I and so part, and right, and so part of me was like, do I really want to see another movie that I walk out of being like, eh, you know? Um, and but I heard it was good. I just never got around to right. it. You see, for me, what I loved, what sold me on it was the fact that you actually have James Wan directing the movie. And he was able to make this movie have a little bit of a horror flavor to it, where you're actually having the trenches. And the trenches is actually something that was actually in the New 52 Aquaman comic. And I loved how he was able to use his own uh, spin on the, the horror type flavor that he actually brings to the table that's one of the things i really like about the new 52 is how they brought uh it's a lot darker uh as like a comic book series um i like how how they've made it uh you know pretty messed up on a lot of levels uh so and i didn't know that about aquaman to be honest but yeah what they did was with the new 52 aquaman was this they ended up putting a whole different spin on it where Arthur just wants to fit in with society and everything. He doesn't want to be known as the fish guy or anything like that. As a matter of fact, people even in the characters in the comic, they're actually picking on him for being a fish guy. And he even said, hey, fish guy. Next thing you know, he winds up snapping on him and everything. And this whole entire New 52, what they did with Aquaman, made me change my mind about Aquaman. And then The Trenches. And now they're actually going to make a movie based on The Trenches itself. I'm excited for it. Hello? I think that's about does it for today on... on the movies that we really liked for this decade. Hope everybody enjoyed the show. Until next time. Bye-bye. All right, we're back again. (laughs) Technical difficulties. Yep, these things happen, though.
So this is actually going to be part two of the decade of movies, and we're actually almost done, I think, with our list, huh? Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, pretty much finished up. Okay. So basically what I was trying to say about Aquaman was the fact that, you know, they actually did put a little bit of horror flavor into it. Then also, too, they're actually going to make a movie called The Trenches, and I'm actually excited about the fact that they're, even gonna, they're making uh, the trenches movie actually happening. So, yeah, I definitely got to see it. I, I want to, and it's one of those things. Like I said, I've been like, I can't believe I haven't seen it yet. But uh, it's just uh, it's you know, time and stuff, stuff like that. <laughs> I have such a long list of movies I want to see. Just just keeps piling up. Um. But what's on your next list? Um, okay, so you might laugh at me for this, but I really enjoyed Pacific Rim. <laughs> you see, that's one movie I just couldn't get into. I, I really liked it. I just the whole thing of giant robots fighting monsters. <laughs> just, <laughs> like, it's super cheesy, I know. It's a really cheesy movie, but I, I like, saw it, and I was like, I love this. <laughs> This was one of those movies that, like, doesn't take itself seriously. I feel like, um, and and that's one of the things I liked about it. I mean, I know that it it's you know that's, I know what type of movie it is. <laughs> I'm not I'm not lying to myself. Being like, this is Oscar worthy magnificence, the genius of no. I know it's not like that at all. But I just thought it was fun, and I really enjoyed it. And I just thought it was a. Uh, I just I just. It's one of those movies where I walked out of and I was like, I super enjoyed watching that movie. And that's what I, what I liked so much about it. Let's see here. For my movie experience, for my last movie that I actually have on my list is Creed. So I did not see Creed. Um, mainly because I'm not really into like boxing and sports and stuff like that at all. And... I know it's uh, got uh, Sylvester Stallone in it, right? Right, and Michael B. Jordan. Right. Is so. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Is Sylvester Stallone playing Rocky again, and he's training someone else, or like? Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, I thought so. Uh, see, I lost interest in Rocky after I saw Rocky Three, and was just like, no. <laughs> okay. You see, I like all the Rocky movies, all except Balboa, but I can appreciate what they did with it with Balboa. But I like the fact now he's training Apollo's son. Right. That's how the whole entire story is happening. And that's what I loved about it was the fact that you have a kid that's actually trying to understand who he is and also wondering why too is, why is boxing is why, why is he boxing? Why is this the only thing he knows? And it's just embedded in him in his DNA and everything because of his father being Apollo Creed. Right. I heard it was well done. It just never it caught it just never caught my attention because, like I said, I'm really not into uh, really sports in general. Right. <laughs> like uh, I, I used to, I that. used to be really big into it in, in high school, but I've just grown farther apart from it, uh, especially since the Giants started sucking. <laughs> and. Right. Uh, like I was just like, and I don't have cables, so I just stopped really getting into sports at all. And so, like sports movies, the only sports movie that I absolutely like love 
um, is Cinderella Man, which is, is you know, boxing. And I show that movie in my class every time we go over to Great Depression. And uh, they love it every year because uh, it's a fantastic movie. Uh, and, like, yeah, it's a boxing movie, and but, you know, it's well it's done. So uh, but Creed just didn't catch my interest. Let's see here. Well, another thing, too, that I liked about Creed, I felt like the fighting, the fight scenes and everything else was a lot better than Southpaw. And Southpaw actually had Jake Gyllenhaal in it and everything. As a, and he played a boxer. I but didn't felt see like that a, either. <laughs> right. And here's the thing. I thought that the fight scenes and everything in Creed was a lot better. Not only that, but there was tips of, a, of the hat to other Rocky films that wasn't actually forced in it. Then there was also the fact, too, where you have Rocky trying to train uh, train uh, Apollo's son and trying to get him to where he needs to be as far as that level is. Not only that, but it also gave you lyrics to Rocky that we haven't seen before where he's actually trying to train him and everything, too. So uh, that's what I loved about it was how much you can actually care about these characters. Yeah, like I, like I said, I heard it was you know right. very well done. It's just not my style. I mean, maybe one day I might see it, uh, especially if it goes on to, you know, like if I catch it on Netflix or something. Well, it's on Creed 1 and 2. It's both on Hulu now. Oh, no, Hulu? All right, I'll check that out. Uh, I got one more on my list, and that's it. And that is Interstellar. You see, I liked Interstellar. I did like the originality behind it. I just didn't understand the ending in itself. It is, uh, so it's definitely an abstract ending, I would say. My wife did not like it, <laughs> either, <laughs> um, but I, I enjoyed it. My wife also cannot stand Matthew McConaughey, so that, so as soon as I was like, I want to see this movie, and she saw who the main character was, she's like, you know I'm already going to not like this movie, right? And I was like, I know, but, but I want to see it. <laughs> um, but... I liked it. I liked that it was original. Um, I liked, uh, like where it went, uh, with how like things are different on other planets. Because you don't really, I feel like in most sci-fi movies, you know, they go to another planet, and really the only difference between that one and Earth is that maybe you have to wear a spacesuit. You know, right. like in like in like serious sci-fi movies. Of course, there's you know like Avatar and stuff like that. But in movies where they try to keep it. Uh, to a level, certain level of realism, like that's usually it. That's you know, it's either just like Earth, or it's a desert and you gotta wear a spacesuit, and that's it. Yeah. Whereas in Interstellar, it showed how, how you know, going to a planet for only a couple of minutes could be equivalent to, you know, totally different than how it would be anywhere else, and. Uh, I like how they also did the whole thing with Earth of what what was happening on Earth, and then uh, yeah, the end. I liked. I actually really liked the end because it was so so weird that it made me think. You know, maybe it was. A, yeah. uh, but I thought it was good. I thought it was well done. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm a big sci-fi fan. Uh, you know, The Martian was also on there, and a couple other sci-fi mm-hmm. ones. Uh, I like the. What I liked about Interstellar too was it showed like yeah it showed back and forth with the Earth and everything else, but it goes to show you how slow space is compared to how fast moving Earth is. Yep, it's uh, 
It's a good one. I liked it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was it was different than a lot of other uh, sci-fi movies, especially ones that have to deal with space. Uh, you know, the same reason why you know I liked uh, The Martian. It was different. But I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's pretty much my whole list. Yep, that's mine as well, too. That's the end of my list. Yeah, so... But I just want to say thank you again for wanting to come on the show and everything. Of course, anytime. I, I love being a part of them. It's fun. It, it is a lot of fun. I, Like I said, I'm going to probably do some more stuff. What I want to do is I want to actually do all three Dark Knight trilogy movies and rate Ooh. them. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have some opinions on that. All right. <laughs> Uh, we can definitely do something on that. But yeah, I mean, I love being a part of your show. It's always fun. A uh, lot of lot of good movies this decade. A lot of not good movies this decade. But right. uh, but overall, you know, past ten years has been has been pretty pretty fun. Pretty good ones. All right. Well, thanks again. And this is John DeGregorio with Movie Lovers Unite. I just want to say thank you again for joining us. And until next time, bye-bye. Peace.